everyone and welcome to episode 81 of the Retrospectors podcast GoldenEye 007. My name is Patrick Arthur and I'm joined as always by my co-host James Turlings. James, are you a, are you a Bond fan? Have you seen many of the films? Is it your cup of tea or uh, or not really your thing? I actually did when I saw them when I was younger. I really like the Piers Brosnan films. Um, I don't think GoldenEye was my favorite of them. I think it was the final of the three or four movies he did that I liked the most because it was the cheesiest and I like it when they're like less serious. I found the, uh, you know, the more recent ones to be too, too straight. It wasn't, it wasn't as fun and stupid as the old ones were. So I was kind of hoping that they managed to capture that magic with this game when we jump back in for it. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite. I liked it when the Bond films played it a bit straighter like they do in GoldenEye. And when it gets really campy and ridiculous i'm just like i see where austin powers got that material yeah, that's like the austin, best. <laughs> austin powers is barely a satire at some point that's why no one lives forever was great because it was like leaning into that ridiculousness that i liked is that the is that the north korean one yeah i think so the oh, guy with like the, the diamonds in his face oh it's so good and he's got the car on the the ice inside the observatory or whatever it and was and there's the invisible car I, yeah. I think i'm thinking of a different <laughs> one to you but it, yeah i i've always preferred when they've played it straighter and that's one of the reasons why i've always liked golden eye a bit more because it's a more serious take on bond films and i i like the modern bond films the best like the, the daniel craig era yeah i saw quantum of solace thought it was garbo and then never watched the rest to be honest that uh, is an accurate assessment quantum of solace is pretty mediocre casino royale was good though i thought that was a good movie even um the one uh even skyfall i think like from a plot perspective isn't very good but there are some fantastic moments in skyfall which i think are amongst the best in any bond film ever so i i like the more serious bonds so golden eye was always one of my favorites well i guess the real question is how well uh does this game uh translate film to uh to video game this is a uh, the first tie-in we've done uh no we did the lord of the rings one and oh, i'm sure we've true. done one or others yeah so that'll be an interesting comparison point because uh Video game version of movies and movie versions of video games rarely go well. Uh, very rarely. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. So uh, for those who haven't listened to us before, James and I make up the Retrospectors podcast. Each and every fortnight, we play classic games of the past uh, with the intention of reviewing and discussing them from a modern perspective. Critically, this is not a nostalgia podcast. We're not here to idolize this game of the past to reminisce on our childhood memories we played this game through today as as uh as adults and we we want to talk about the experience of playing it today so it's a very much a nostalgia free non-contextual review and we're going to give it to you straight whether golden eye has truly stood the test of time or not so for those who have no idea what GoldenEye is or what we're talking about, GoldenEye 007 is a first-person shooter developed by Rare and was first released for Nintendo 64 in 1997. As we were talking about, it is loosely based on the James Bond film GoldenEye, with many of the missions roughly corresponding to events in the film. It's not a one-for-one one, uh, one one exchange, but a lot of it is pretty close to the mark. 
So you play as James Bond as you travel across the globe to stop the GoldenEye, which is a satellite capable of launching a devastatingly powerful EMP charge anywhere on the globe. So for today, um, for over the past couple of weeks, we played on a, on an emulator that was specially tailored for this game and Perfect Dark, which is called 1964. So it's a custom-built emulator, Nintendo 64 emulator, for exactly those two games. So what do you get out of it? Well, the biggest one is that there's a plugin that supports mouse and keyboard controls, which for me is a lifesaver because I, as as is well documented, I really don't like playing FPS games and controllers. But it's much more than that. It's got options to increase field of view to something reasonable and even lets you pump the frame rate to a smooth 60 FPS. Um, for me, it worked fantastically after I did a bit of tweaking to get it looking how I wanted to. And I think it goes a long way to fix a lot of issues that I would consider deal breakers. Uh, the, the surprising thing is, in terms of video options, this emulator of a 1997 title actually has more video options than, you know, games from the early 2000s. So I I really enjoyed being able to tailor it to what I wanted to get the look I, I wanted. Uh, did, did it work well for you, James, or did you have any issues? Yeah, it did. Uh, like, as a note, I really am a lot less picky than you are when it comes to things like this. Like, field of view, I give. I don't even notice. If um, somebody doesn't point it out to me, I could have it, you know, at that default low setting. It wouldn't bother me at all. Um, but, you know, 60 FPS out of the box, full screen mouse control without having to configure anything. Yeah, it just plugged and played for me for the most part. Like, I just started the game, pressed um the four key on my keyboard to enable mouse and it just worked um i will say it did not like alt tabbing very much it also i noticed that it liked to exit full screen mode whenever i pressed something and then undo the mouse control so there was a bit of fiddling i had to do every time i played but you know it was a lot more it's a lot smoother and nicer looking than it would have been if we'd played it on a different emulator for sure. It's weird for you to say that you don't notice field of view because I always notice when field of view is off. I still remember when we booted up Vampire the Masquerade and the default field of view was 58. I was going to vomit, but luckily it's a source-based game, so it's helped to fix it. You just turn the mouse faster, easy. Uh, yeah, it, like I, I like it makes me sick. It's it's so bad, and you it's know, really bad for you because I know you play with a really low mouse sensitivity. Where mine's like I move it a centimeter and I do a 180, basically. Uh, so I guess maybe that's why it doesn't bother me um as much. I think it might just be that I've always played on PC, whereas console games are designed for you to be you know, sitting on a couch three meters away from the TV. But uh, mm. either way, GoldenEye supports however you want to play it, good field of view or not. So mm. the structure of the game is pretty simple. Uh, you select a mission, you select a difficulty for that mission, and you when you finish that one, the next one unlocks. Uh, each mission is usually part of a greater whole. Uh, so for example, missions one through three, dam, facility, and runway, they take place chronologically immediately after the other. You start by infiltrating, then you blow some shit up, then you make your getaway. And most uh, missions in the game are in a cluster of somewhere between two to five of these um, individual levels. You, you can imagine that because of the Nintendo 64 hardware, they had to split up a level into a bunch of different segments. It doesn't really affect much. It just means that um, you kind of have these narrative clusters of missions. Total of 20 missions. So, you know, each one's about 
you know, two to four. I think where we'll start our discussion, James, is probably with the story, and then we'll start moving into gameplay ideas afterwards. Okay. I think that the first thing I want to talk about, this is a movie tie-in game. So I want to talk a little bit about the the movie, just just very briefly to explain what I think this game does well and what it doesn't do so well, story-wise. So... Like I said, I enjoy GoldenEye. I think it's a good action thriller. I think there are a lot of excellent slow scenes scattered in between the action-y ones. And for me, I've always liked the slower and quieter character-building moments in Bond. Like when Bond is wearing his suit and he's in a casino. Um, When he's having that meeting with, with his nemesis and they're having a long sinister conversation those those are always my favorite moments and then when it kind of breaks down into an action scene with bond killing three thousand people as he escapes my eyes tend to glaze over i find those less interesting i think the problem with goldeneye 007 as a video game is that the game is absolutely terrible at showcasing those slower moments those more emotional moments uh, because of the time in which it was released. I'd go a step further and say not only it's not bad at doing them, it just doesn't do them, right? Like, at all. Well, it, it tries, right? But but what we get is we get a bit of static text on the screen with no voice acting, and the character models are ludicrously bad, so we get nothing resembling acting. I'd say it's the loosest definition of the word tries possible. <laughs> like It's like the most token gesture for all of these moments to put them into the game. Like uh, I think this game's presentation and the way it presents dialogue in particular is actually the worst I've seen in a video game. Um, like, you'll be in a mission... And you'll have to talk to an NPC. And maybe in a modern game, you know, this game didn't have voice acting, number one. Uh, you'll walk up to the character and the text kind of appears above their head. And you can't really, you know, you can't press buttons to make it go by faster. Uh, so you just have to sit there until they finish talking and mission, like objective complete appears in the bottom of your screen. It's so bad. It's like unforgivably bad in my opinion yeah what what it's doing is it's replicating the thing because a lot of the moments those interactions are kind of replications or at least references to things that happen in the film but it does it with zero emotional hooker investment whatsoever it says hey we're doing the thing that was in the movie but it gives you no reason to actually be invested or interested in any of these exchanges outside of the fact that it's a replication of something that happened in the movie. And I think that for me, because everything I like about Bond is the slower character moments, those are my favorite bits, Goldeneye completely fails for me story-wise because the action-y stuff, which it does have good replications, when you play this game, you murder hundreds of people in your quest around, which is pretty accurate to the films. But in terms of the things I like out of Bond films, it, it it doesn't do anything for me. It's just a bunch of go here, murder these people, go here, destroy this, go here, do this. And there's no emotional investment for me whatsoever. Yeah, and I take it a step further and say that what story they tried to include actively detracts from this as a video game. Mm. Um, you know, because you'd be moving through these levels, you know, doing your little firefights and actually skirmishes. 
And then you're forced to walk up to this NBC and just stop and stand still for like 40 seconds with no way to skip through it. It just completely kills um, any of the tension. And as we'll probably go into this a bit later, um, when you play this game on the higher difficulties, you often probably need to play a level more than once because, um, you know, they have objectives that are relatively easy to fail sometimes. And if you're forced to, like, sit through that conversation, you know, two or three times, it really, really hurts the experience, in my opinion. And I also want to say, I think that movie tie-ins are hurt more than other genres by hardware limitations, right? Like, this is a movie game with no voice acting whatsoever, which I think kills a lot of the characterization entirely for mm -hmm. me. Like, even the mission notes at the start of the missions, no voice acting. Like, even if they wanted to do, you know, on newer hardware, the barest minimum, they could just take, you know, recordings from the movie and chuck it in, and that'd make it feel more like the movie, I guess. None of that's here. I think, like, Max Payne has better character models than this game, and that game's character models were, like, so bad they were funny and I liked them. I was going to bring up Max Payne, actually, because it uses that same technology where it's just the face just it's plastered just the on the model. It's just the photo just plastered <laughs> on the model. It looks so bad here, and there's no, like... In Max Payne, there was, like, this degree of humor to it. I think it was almost, like, self-aware at some points. Here, it's, like... Played straight. Yeah, it's trying to play it straight and i just it makes me laugh it looks terrible um so, so there was one bit of characterization i liked like my f and uh at the beginning of every mission you have a briefing and you have each person speak to you so m speaks to you then q talks to you and money penny is always at the end there and she's always desperately thirsty for bond yeah every single one <laughs> so i thought i thought that, that was, was funny, funny and i enjoyed seeing that message every time but but yeah. i agree with you james i think that uh, in a way, I see what you're saying that, you know, a game like Quake or Doom, which has no interaction with any NPCs, which is just a level where you walk around shooting people, that's a purer, more more action pumping experience from start to finish instead of being awkwardly interrupted by dialogue that you couldn't care less about. Yeah, like I genuinely think if this game was like Doom and had zero story and zero Bond theming over it, I would probably like it more, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a huge miss. Like I like the movie a lot too, and I think this game for me just completely failed to, you know, put anything that I like into the story like there's no nuance whatsoever to any interaction um it's just all action and they took the worst parts chucked it in the game and you know it is what it is yeah i wouldn't go as far as you i think that uh the story and objectives and things like that do do functionally work at providing context for the murdering you're doing yeah. and i think that it works on a like on like a mission to mission basis it's like here is your mission you need to disrupt the satellite interrupt the com comms destroy the cameras go and i think that it works on a story level like that as opposed yep. to doom or quake which has reached the ex exit it's just in terms of my emotional investment in the story it's actually none i'm yeah i'm just trying to reach the <laughs> end of the level and murder everyone and it works only on that level yeah that's fair 
Well, all right. Um, so, you know, not high on the story stuff so far. So I do want to talk a bit about the gameplay. So coming into this episode, you know, we spoke about two weeks ago how, Patrick, you hate console shooters and th- you picked this game specifically so that you could say that console shooters suck. <laughs> hold, hold up. I, I, I mean, a little bit <laughs> guilty. I kind of wanted to take on console shooters, but um, yeah, I want, I wanted to give them their best chance to impress me. Okay, so uh, how did you, how did this one stack up in terms of you know general gameplay mechanics? Uh, okay, so I think the place to start is the objective-based design of GoldenEye, like the level structure. Yeah, yeah. So what this game does, it does what Thief does actually with its difficulty settings. So the harder the difficulty you select, the more objectives that you need to complete in the course of a mission, Uh, which I think is a great way to do difficulty. I really, really like this. Um, I played the whole game on the highest difficulty. I figured because I was using mouse and keyboard, doing anything else would be be absurd. Mm. The level design is interesting in that it's not strictly linear. It's not Call of Duty, but I would say... Most of the levels in this game are broadly linear. You might have little loops in corridors you can do uh, and move around, but the overall flow of most of the levels is linear-ish. Would you agree with that assessment, James? Yeah, it's almost like there's a square on the map that says start and a square on the map that says end and then there's a bunch of objectives scattered around the levels often so you'll come in from the level from the same start point every time and then you know you could take a different path through the level to do the objectives in a few different orders you know depending on the level and then once you've done your objectives you go stand on the finish line and the level ends i guess is how i describe it there are some levels which are super linear uh there's the one to stop the rocket i think where it's just a bunch of linear pathways and then there's stuff like an open snowfield. Um, which you could really do in any order you want and then go stand on that end spot to end the level. Um, So, you know, some of the levels are more open than others, uh, but I wouldn't say, you know, like you said, that this isn't a linear progression game like Call of Duty is, I guess. Yeah, well, Call of Duty is very tight in its linearity. You know, it's very much a straight path with no deviations whatsoever. I still think most of the levels here have a somewhat logical progression to them um Mm. but there are some that break the mold like my favorite mission in the entire game is the frigate mission where where you're on the ship and i think that that is an example of a truly non-linear mission because you can do literally anything in any order before returning to your little uh escape craft but i think that most missions have like it's it's kind of hard to describe but you it it would it would require some weird pathing to do things out of order. It's not it's not like Thief where you've got this big mansion and you could truly do it in any order. You are kind of gently pushed along a rough direction in most submissions. So as far as I can tell, there you know each mission has a start and an end. It has a primary objective, um, which every difficulty has, and then each difficulty adds one objective for a total of three or four. Um, I think some have one more than others. I wasn't too sure. Um, but generally, you know, on the harder difficulty, which I also mostly played on, 
Um, there will be a variety of things to do, do, and these things are usually themed, you know, as spy things like put a tracker on the helicopter, take out gun emplacements secretly, find the, you know, hidden data, uh, you know, hack the computer, that kind of thing. Um, and many of them will involve you using spy gadgets in your inventory to complete them. Um, so, you know, you know, you mentioned it before, I, I kind of agree that this ties in well with the whole spy theme, and it is probably the one thing, um, that I'll say the, the theming does okay. Um, how, I wanted to know how you felt about, um, the different kinds of objectives in this game, because like you, I really like the structure of, you know, having difficulty be tied to the number of things you need to be completed rather than just throwing more enemies at you or throwing more HP on the enemies or something like that. So, you know, I guess a lot of whether the mission structure succeeds in my eyes comes down to just how fun these secondary objectives are to complete. So, um, like you, I like the structure, but I found the actual design of a lot of these objectives to be vague and confusing. And I failed a lot of them from a lack of understanding what it was that I needed to do. Um, I have some examples of that, James, if, if you'd like yep. me to go. All right, so there's a level on a train. Uh, you get to the end of the train and uh, your teammate uh, Natasha is hacking a computer. Uh, you cut a little thing out of the ground and you can leave to end the mission. However, if you leave too early, the mission fails because you need to sit there in the train doing nothing for however long it takes her to not just hack through one level of firewalls, but two level of firewalls. So if she hacks through the first firewall and you leave... Mission failed. You have to do the whole thing again. Uh, another example is uh, on the second time you go to that to the surface, you have to. The objective is break communications linked to bunker. But if you walk up to the terminal and press E on it to activate, mission failed. You should have destroyed it, you idiot. Instead of trying to break it by interacting with it, boom, mission is over. You have to restart. And I had things like this happen, like at least in 50% of the missions where I misunderstood what it was the game wanted me to do and I failed and I had to restart because of it. D did you have these issues, James, or am I just an idiot? Yeah, I also failed a lot of them. I failed the, those two you mentioned. I also failed those first try. Um, there was a bunch of others. Uh, the mission on the boat that you said you really liked, I actually was one of my least favorite because I kept failing it because... Um, you know, I'd come into a room at an orc because there's hostages on the boat um, and you have to save the hostages. But if you come in through the wrong door, they'll like, you know, shoot you sometimes through the hostage and then they'll kill the hostage. That happened to me so many See, times. Sorry, just on that point, on that point, I that was one of the things I liked about the mission because I was having that same issue and I was like, oh. I see what I'm doing. I need to approach this from a different angle. And so I found a different doorway to enter to get a better angle on the person who was holding the hostage. And I, I enjoyed that as a gameplay evolution, like a learning experience from, from the first time I did it. Yeah, I just found it kind of tedious, to be honest. Okay. Um, I, I didn't really enjoy it very much. But um, you mentioned replaying the levels. Um, Something I want to note earlier, I probably should have mentioned it before, is... The levels in this game, I'm not sure if it's due to hardware limitations or, you know, maybe it is intentional design. Uh, the levels are very short. Mm -hmm. 
Um, these are probably the shortest FPS levels in a game that I've played, maybe. They're tiny. And that means that even though, you know, you'll fail these objectives a lot, uh, it's not it's not a huge deal. It doesn't set you back like 20 minutes of your life to replay these missions, maybe like four or five minutes. Um, so, you know, I didn't really find the process of failing and retrying to be that bad you know after the first few missions i started treating this more like a puzzle game almost where yep. my first playthrough of a level was to figure out what i needed to do um and then once i needed figured out what i needed to do i would replay the level with that understanding and then get to the end and that's this kind of structure i don't mind actually um if the objectives are interesting to work out the solutions to you know, it almost reminds me of playing through Hitman levels, right? You need to work out where everything is around the level and then, you know, execute your plan. Um, I didn't find most of the objectives to be engaging enough to justify this kind of gameplay structure for the most part, because a lot of them are things like pick up a key and open a safe, uh, kill this guy, talk to this guy. None of them really engaged me that much like now that you mention it that one on the boat was probably the most interesting from a gameplay point of view mm. um i just it frustrated me because i was bad i guess see i i don't i don't like them because it's very trial and error based it's like mm. go in do this thing and when it fails now you know what to do i do agree with your point that when you know what to do it's fine like the levels are completely fine i just think the process of figuring it out there's there's no checkpoint so if you try it's so short it doesn't even need a checkpoint yeah yeah i, I kind of agree with that i i guess what i'm saying is the process of figuring out what to do in the level is not fun and i think that that's the main distinction from a normal puzzle game with puzzle games, the figuring out part is enjoyable. The figuring out part here is just, I hope this works. It's just trial and error. Well, it's very binary, isn't it? Because, yeah. like, you fail and you're like, oh, because there's, like, two things you can do sometimes. Or, like, half the time it's just use, you know, use the item on the thing. And then that's all you have to do, which is kind of a pain in the ass, to be honest, because this game's interface and, you know, objective tracking is honestly quite bad, I think. Like, all of it is stored in your wristwatch, which is, you know, the pause menu. Um, and, you know, from a story theming perspective, that's fine, but it really is kind of like a modern game would track your objectives, like in a little list on the side of the screen. Um, in this game, your objectives, you kind of read them when you're going through the mission objective at the start, and then obviously you fight 20 guys, and then you've forgotten what all of them are. So you I to... immediately forget. I, yeah. I just almost instantly forget what they are. Yeah, and half the time the notes like in the pause menu aren't enough to tell you what to do. Um, which would be fine. It's just kind of like, yeah, it is a big game of trial and error, and it's not like interesting learning, like you're experimenting with different approaches to do things. It's just, oh, here, the objective's around here. Does this work? No. Okay, it's this other thing. That's it. I like the structure of this game. Like, I love the fact that the missions are tiny and that they are more like a puzzle game. Um, it's just that the actual you know substance of the puzzles isn't very interesting 
So it's kind of unfortunate. Uh, and yeah, like I said, the interface is terrible. So if you need to use an item um, to do an objective, you just need to pause the game, cycle over, click on it, come out of the menu, use the item. Ugh. It's a bit clunky. There's no, you know, nice little backpack wheel or something like that. Or even on a PC game, pressing the numbers for the items, it's just tedious. The the funniest instance of that is when you get inside the tank, you have to open up your inventory and go to tank bullet for it to actually work. <laughs> Instead of just, you know, shooting the tank, you need to select tank after jumping in the tank. And yeah. yeah it's it's very awkward but i i i agree very frustrating very annoying once you know what to do it's not really an issue because you can just speed through the level and complete your objectives but it's not fun getting there and i think that for a experience you know if you're not playing this through endlessly as many people did as kids if you want to play it through once for the experience it's not a really fun one yeah so um, let's go, let's talk about the music for a second and have a quick music break. Oh, um, but before we do, I just have one more kind of, I guess, broad level design point I wanted to bring up. Yeah, sure. So one thing that really pissed me off about this game are the levels that have infinitely respawning enemies. I don't know <laughs> if this was something you noticed, James. So there are levels where enemies will literally endlessly respawn from little boxes all mission long. So you're trying to complete an objective. You're trying to find what the hell it is you're meant to do. There's one mission in particular, which is like a, a mission that's filled with warehouses. And inside two of these warehouses are objectives and the rest are empty. And enemies just constantly respawn. So you're just wandering around identical looking warehouses, opening warehouse after warehouse and getting shot in the back nonstop infinitely respawning enemies is bad design it doesn't so, matter if it's cool yeah do, do you like infinitely respawning enemies james i was gonna get into this with um uh into the nexus gameplay discussion section but basically after i decided that the objectives in this game weren't very fun um i played you know half the game on easy because we played with this mouse and keyboard like actually killing enemies on the harder difficulty was trivially easy anyway um, I just chose to skip half of the objectives. Um, and that mission you're talking about is one of the ones that I played without doing the objectives. And it was a lot more enjoyable because of that. Um, because I just got to shoot dudes for quite a while while running around looking for the exit. Um, rather than what it sounds like you went through being frustrated while looking for the objectives. Well, there's like 12 warehouses, right? And most yeah. of them are empty. So you yeah. open them up and then close it while you're getting... And if you miss one, you get to the end of the level, and they're spawning on both sides of you. I I, I'll always, I always think having a discrete level of enemies is better than just having an infinite stream because you never get to safety. You're like, you never clear out an area and be like, okay, I can turn my back to this area. It's just like, just get shot in the back and there's nothing you can do about it. So, yeah, I, I just think that this this design is always going to be worse than having you know a preset number of enemies yeah i guess i kind of liked on that level there being always someone around the corner to shoot it gave it like a it made me engaged with the level from start to finish if it if i just cleared them out instantly walked to the end it would have been uh extra boring i guess um yeah it, does, it didn't bother me as much as it did you the only time it annoyed me was on the tank level 
um because mm-hmm. i tried to clear them out for so long until i realized what was going on <laughs> um but you know that was on me uh, next try i just you know boosted towards the objectives and ignored the dudes it was a lot easier um so yeah i don't care as much as you do about that mm. um music wise so <laughs> i was kind of impressed at how many different songs on this soundtrack were just a remix of the main theme like i thought halfway through the game that you know they must be about to start giving us original music and no every single theme from every single level as far as i can tell is just a remix of the main theme um and on one hand this was kind of impressive and on the other hand it got old pretty fast i found see i loved the music in this game i thought it was excellent yeah, I was really high on it. I think that they did a great job. Every single mission in this game has its own music. Um, some of it is suspenseful. Some of it is more energetic. Um, my favorite pieces were the more suspenseful ones where you're kind of creeping around the base with your silencer and the music matches. Mm-hmm. But even the more intense ones I thought were very fitting and enjoyable. I enjoyed the soundtrack from start to finish i don't think there is a single bad track on the soundtrack except maybe the elevator music but i that's like a deliberate gag it's meant to be bad so yeah i i really enjoyed the music james i'm surprised you you bounced off it i'm not saying i bounced off it i'm saying i guess that like halfway through the game i was starting to wish the variety like i wasn't hearing the main theme over and over yeah that's that's weird because because the the individual pieces of music are distinct from one another like i i didn't find it repetitive i found that um there were a couple that resembled one another but on the whole the music does evolve throughout your playthrough yeah i guess i just heard the same little bits throughout the songs and it made mm-hmm. it seem a bit samey like i agree with you on the whole that the soundtrack is good don't get me wrong um i just didn't love it i guess like there are you know three to four tracks that i did quite enjoy and then the rest of them i was like you know in the middle about i didn't hate any of the songs um Mm -hmm. so you know it's decent for sure um i just don't love it i guess so which um which song did you like the most by the way um so the one i liked was the saverna one the return to saverna uh this is one of those suspenseful tracks i was talking about lots of use of xylophone um some horns in there and very very uh bassy drums and i just think it's a fantastic piece of music like i i really enjoyed um these slower ones where you're sneaking around with the silencer so this is savernia bunker complex
that was Savonia Bunker Complex. It was, you know, pretty alright. It's not my favourite track. We'll get to that one a bit later. Um, but for now, we'll talk a bit about the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay. Now, I was expecting to not enjoy this very much, and so far in the show I've been pretty negative. But actually, for me, this was the highlight of the game. Um, I was not expecting it to feel good to play at all, basically. And I came into it and really enjoyed how this game feels to play at a base level, which kind of dragged the whole experience up quite a bit for me. So I'd say that the two things that contribute most to this for me are number one, you move a lot faster than I was expecting to. Like, mm. I feel like the movement is comparable to something like Doom and Speed. You just, yep. you can zoom around the maps super quickly, which I always, th in basically every game where you can move fast, it makes the game more enjoyable. And number two, um, I wasn't expecting this, but all the guns are, are projectile based, as far as I can tell. Um, and I much prefer projectile-based weapons than hitscan weapons in my shooters, even with modern weapons like this game has. Um, and in combination with that, um, when you're not, you know, aiming down sights, there's no aiming reticule on the screen. And I found that that gives me, you know, in combination with the projectiles, means that you kind of have to, like adjust a lot you know you have to play around the like the visible projectiles on your screen to figure out where to aim and so you know when i wasn't getting frustrated with objectives this game was doing like a doom impression with headshots like the most fun i had in this game was when i turned objectives off and just tried to do each level as fast as i could with the highest accuracy and headshot percentage you know at the same time and from then, it went from being this mediocre puzzle game to being something that was actually quite enjoyable for me. Albeit, you know, I couldn't I couldn't play a lot of it in one go because after maybe two levels, you know, it's too easy. There's not enough challenge that the enemies provide you. There's barely any enemy variety, and we'll talk a bit about that. Um, but just because the movement and the feel of shooting with mouse and keyboard in this game was really good for me, my average enjoyment in each level was a bit higher than I was expecting to, despite having a lot of problems with the story and the objective-based structure. Yeah, I was going to say that running around quickly, hip-firing at enemies without a crosshair, it makes my FPS monkey brain happy. Yeah. And I think this is maybe <laughs> the difference between me and Lord of the Rings that we did, the other movie tie-in. There are people who say, yeah, playing that is like dumb fun. And I didn't really get that because it, to me, for me, it wasn't dumb fun. But this, this I can get behind. Like on a baseline level, running around quickly, hip-firing headshots, is fun um so a question i had for you james about the um you said that the enemy fire is projectile based i don't know if that's strictly true but when i was posting about our us playing this game on twitter one of our followers called rosso dude he makes uh mods for games like system shock 2 and other immersive sims so i'm i'm big into his stuff obviously um he made a point on twitter about the enemies which is that they are hit scanners, but they fire in cones. Like they're not they're not just acquiring you and shooting at you. 
they find you and then shoot a projectile of bullets in like a fixed cone in front of them. So I was referring to my like my projectiles, basically. Oh, I, I think I think it's hit scan for your projectiles as well. Oh, is it? Like yeah, you can yeah. see the visible trace arounds yeah. as you it's shoot. A, it's, okay, it's, maybe it's a, it's a trick. trick. Okay, yeah, it's, sure. It's a, it's a trick. But I, well, th- this is great because I wanted to ask you about this because I know that when we talked about Quake versus Call of Duty. One of the things you really liked about Quake instead of COD was the fact that you could dodge the projectiles of enemies. Um, I think Goldeneye, as Rosso Dude says, presents a kind of unique model for hitscan shooters because even though they are hitscanning, you can maneuver around these enemies to avoid getting hit a lot of the time because when they fire, they keep firing in the same direction. Did you enjoy this model more than Call of Duty or did you find that it ended up shaking up mostly the same? Okay, I think the enemies in this game are stormtroopers. Like, they just shoot around you. Most of the time, I walk into a room and you can just stand still and slowly headshot everyone and you won't get hit. Um, was my experience with this game so I don't think I ever actively tried to dodge the shot of an enemy which was definitely to this game's detriment Um, I definitely never intentionally you know I, I, I shot around from corners sometimes but later on once I realized going fast was the fun way to play the game uh, I didn't really need to go out of my way to dodge fire because they just missed me more often than not. Even on, you know, when I was playing on the harder difficulty, it never really seemed a problem to me. So, yeah, I, I like the movement and the shooting on my end, I found to be really fun. Um, and I was kind of disappointed that to me, like the enemies, I don't know, that like occasion in one level there was some shotgun enemies and in one level there was some dudes with rocket launchers, but there was like, it felt like those two and then some generic goons and then some of them wore helmets uh you know compared to something like doom i didn't find the enemies to be fun to engage with and they didn't present a unique combat puzzle in each different room like doom would so you know i i didn't really get anything from you know this cone thing because i didn't notice it yeah well if you if you're moving a lot you're going to naturally dodge them and i hit. think i think yeah. that's the key thing right it, it's a way to encourage you to be strafing around them in circles but that's yep. naturally the play style you and i gravitate to to anyway yeah can, can i ask you james were you playing on a lower difficulty for like the last set of missions like from the jungle onwards yeah from about then yeah yeah so it's interesting i basically agree on you with the game being trivial up to about that point okay. and then and then it got pretty hard like i started struggling i started dying multiple times and i wonder if maybe the reduced damage you were taking on the lower difficulties final like the the game finally reaches a reasonable difficulty level at those end parts okay like uh for example how did you deal with the turrets because there was i was having serious problems with dying to turrets until i started getting strategic in dealing with them uh, i approach them by using the trees as cover basically um and then pop out from the tree shoot it twice go back into the tree wait for it to stop shooting do it again till i got them yeah so i i ended up having to snipe them because because the turrets on the higher difficulty level shred you and when you get hit with a turret it 
or, or any gunfire, but with the turrets are way more accurate than the regular enemies. It interrupts you firing. Like every time you take damage, there's a brief moment where you can't fire back. So you can't just easily trade shots with them. You might so, be able to lean. Did you? Because if you aim yeah, down even sights... when you lean, when oh, you okay. lean, they spot you and start shooting you. So you kind of have to get them right to the. You have to kind of cheese them a little bit by seeing the edge of them and shooting the edge of them if you want to guarantee not taking damage. The the mission after the jungle one, when you go into the base and there's like three turrets that you need to shoot. Um, the one mm. where you're in the big satellite room and you need to defend Natalia as she decodes. Later on, you need to go into a room and destroy the mainframe. There's like a bunch of turrets defending it. Man, fucking died several times <laughs> try, trying to do these missions. So I think that the difficulty is, as you said, mostly trivial, but I do think it steps up and this combat challenge slash puzzle that you're looking for comes into the fore in that last set of six or so missions. Okay, I must have missed that plane on the easier difficulty, but I did. Like, even on that, I enjoyed the jungle mission because, you know, approaching the things through the trees I found to be fun. I think the jungle, the snow missions, the, that warehouse you mi mission you mentioned are probably the mm -hmm. ones I ended up liking the most just because they have more open level layouts rather than being these tight corridors. And I think that the, the quick movement really shines in the way you when you have space to move around mm -hmm. um when you're moving through corridors with crates filled in it really you know you don't get to take full advantage of that and it's not as enjoyable for me whereas boosting around in circles strafing around enemies um you know make monkey brain go happy right yeah and i mean i know that seems like a simple thing but that is genuinely what it is like the yeah. most of the enjoyment i derived from golden eye was strafing around quickly shooting people on the head hip yeah. firing yeah. uh that the way the aiming works is kind of i would say it's novel nowadays like at, at the time i'm sure it was uh you know revolutionary but nowadays it's enjoyable for a different reason so to aim you have to be it puts you to a to a standstill and you kind of move the cursor around the screen to shoot where you need to shoot most of the time you're not using this you're using it maybe 10 percent of the time but james as you get into those later missions it's not just the turrets it's that enemies acquisition rates on you are faster yeah so particularly the the bonus the first bonus mission like enemies just spot you and start firing at you instantly so you can just take a lot of damage if you're not careful so you have to rely on it more i had to rely on it more as i got to those later missions did did you enjoy the aiming or did you use it much at all um i mostly liked going fast so i did mm. try to hit fast most of the time um but i did use the aiming i i liked that it made you stand still actually because it's kind of strategic in that way because there's a like there's a like a clear downside to using it that you're vulnerable um, but it has a huge upside as a trade-off. So, you know, like theoretically, I find that more interesting than just right-clicking to zoom in a bit while still moving around. Mm -hmm. So uh, in practice, I didn't have to use it that much near the end. Like I used it a lot on the first level, actually, because they're these long tunnels um, and you have, and you like, have a sniper, sniper rifle. Well. Yeah, yeah, so you can kind of benefit from using it. So I used it most there, actually. Um, and then I think maybe on the snow levels, I used it a bit. 
Um, I probably sh I, I kind of want to give those later levels a go on the harder one to give that a go because you know it does seem fun. That first level after jungle where there's three turrets, you basically need to be crouched, corner strafing to take out these turrets with your pistol. <laughs> like it's it's genuinely difficult. Um, and that the the one when you get to the satellite room, that's the hardest where you have to destroy the mainframe. It's it, it was mm. not fun for me, <laughs> but but it was it was challenging in a way the game hadn't really been up to that point. Another point I had is this game actually has I don't know if you noticed it, but this game actually does have a kind of a stealth aspect to it, which was most a little no bit yeah a little bit which was no most noticeable um, when you get put in that prison cell and met Natalia for the first time. Um, did you find the throwing knives on that level right at the start? No, I didn't. I just murdered everyone. Yeah, like if you, yeah, because you use this magnetic wristwatch thing to get the key off the wall. Mm -hmm. And then if you immediately out of the cell hang a right, there's like a hole. Um, and if you use your wristwatch towards that hole, it puts these throwing knives in your inventory, mm. which are silent ranged weapons, which, you know, kill guards in two hits. So you can actually do most of that level without being scene um which i made a bit of a personal challenge for myself and then gave up after like an hour of trying um but it was possible and i kind of liked the inclusion it did make you know it gave me something to do and something to try even though you know i wasn't successful in the end but you know i kind of liked messing around with that yeah and some levels there are cameras and if the camera spots you mm. it's infinitely spawning enemies times and if it doesn't <laughs> then you might be safe from it so. yeah <laughs> But yeah, the stealth is a very, very minor aspect of, yeah. of this game, and I, it's not really functional. It's, it's like it's, it's there a little bit sometimes, but most of the time. I, I must say, I must right. think because it's like it's almost an afterthought addition to the game. It's like I want to force myself to try and make it work. <laughs> it's kind of like it's like janky fun, I guess. I describe yeah, sure. It. I, I can see, I can see why that would be fun. I um I wanted to talk a little bit about the weapon selection in this game. Go ahead. Basically, this is a problem with the weapon selection is that it mostly doesn't matter what weapon you have. Like I I I think that there is a distinction between rifles being able to better snipe people at long ranges and you know SMGs can put out more bullets per second than your pistol can, but what I found was it almost didn't matter whether i had a submachine gun a pistol or a rifle i was still kind of running circles around people and shooting them in the head yep and i found that each weapon was functionally very very similar to every other weapon so although theoretically this game has a bunch of different guns i think that in practice they all pretty much play the same they're all the same yeah completely yeah. agree there's no strategic difference between any of them because i'm just you know whether i even if i had like a fully automatic weapon i was still like tap firing at heads basically mm -hmm. like with every single gun even the sniper rifle is semi-automatic so you can just tap fire it as fast as a handgun um and it doesn't lose accuracy there's like there's is there like any recoil in this game at all like i feel like everything is perfectly uh, accurate there, almost there's not there's not recoil but there is bullet spread 
So so uh, a lot of the weapons, even like the AK, uh, the SMGs, etc., the longer you hold down the trigger, the more the weapon spreads out. So it is better to do taps of uh, burst fire. Yeah, I just tapped really quickly with every single weapon, basically, and that was super effective, I found. Um, which, you know, like you said, makes everything feel super samey and is especially a problem when stuff like the shotgun or the rocket launcher only appear like in one level each and they're clearly the guns that are most different from one another yeah the shot the shotgun's good i like the shotgun yeah. on that statue level i found all of the explosive weapons basically a, a useless <laughs> yeah like it, it's not that they don't do anything it's that strafing towards your enemy and shooting them in the head is always going to be more effective than trying to use these explosive weapons that you can very easily kill yourself with yes. because the way the explosions work is the explosions like exist over a span of three seconds so if you shoot sh create an explosion by shooting at someone and then try to move through it you die that reminds me when we did quake and i quickly gave up using the rocket like the grenade launcher because i killed myself so the, many times the grenade <laughs> man the grenade launcher in quake as i said is one of the greatest weapons ever made these don't even begin to approach the grenade launcher as far as i can tell that grenade launcher is the reason to play that game and me playing with the other weapons made it a shit experience basically yeah, I'm, I, I was so disappointed in that i literally wrote an article about the grenade launcher in quake that's how high i am on that gun <laughs> and it's, i was like i'm not using it <laughs> i was like no uh, i love i honestly quake without the grenade launcher would be a way worse game like that's how good it is yeah that's the game Any, anyway, i reviewed <laughs> anyway in 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 this game you just use whatever gun you happen to have ammo for which will be whatever your kill whatever enemy whatever gun the enemies have because you'll pick it up and you'll have ammo for it and it doesn't matter it, it's like if every doom mission was chain gun the chain gun's all you've got, a chain gun that you can aim with. That's that's what playing the game is like. Yeah, it is like that. Yeah, and man, enemy grenades killed me a lot because I never saw them. I never saw them throw them and they just kill you. Also, the explosive barrels in this game aren't red. And I died to that like three times. You know the tank level? The tank level has like sorry, the second tank level, the the when you're chasing after them. You um there are a lot of enemy on the enemies on those streets with grenade launchers and rocket launchers. Yep. Uh that was probably the only Wait, there's other... a second tank level? Well, the first tank level is the one where the you airfield. escape on the yep. airfield, yeah. There's a the other one is when you're going through the streets. Oh, I just ran through that whole level. I I did the same thing. I didn't I even tried... know there was a tank there. Man, are you blind? Anyway, yes. I I I tried <laughs> the tank. I tried the tank at first and it was not working, but I died several times to people with explosives. I loved that streets. level because it was, all the streets were super wide and I got to boost around. That was the one level where I got to actually dodge enemy fire because the rocket dudes were fun to dodge. That was like the only yeah. one in the whole game. So I loved yeah, that, that level. That is true. Like it was tough, but it was it was fair. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, I also wanted to make a point um, and another point towards the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay feeling good. I actually think they did a good job of having the enemies react to getting hit 
Um, it's almost to the game's detriment in some ways, because when you shoot a guy, it's like they're stunned for three seconds from one bullet. So you kind of just, you can, if there's lots of enemies, you can just sweep across the room to stun them all and then pick them off one by one as they're bent over in agony. But it did make, you know, the act of hitting people feel good because they so visibly react to getting shot. Yeah, all, my problem often was that the dying body would be blocking bullets from the other ones. <laughs> yeah. Like the corpse, the slowly falling corpse was acting as cover. Um, yeah. Overall, with this moment-to-moment gameplay, like, I think it is fun. Uh, like I said, makes my monkey brain happy. However, I do also think it's very repetitive. Yeah. Like, from, from a first playthrough point of view, not a speedrunning perspective. And I think that... The problem is there's just not much depth here. Like, when you play Doom or Quake or anything, those games, that with, with deeper, more engaging gameplay with different weapon types and enemy types, whether they're melee or ranged, dodging projectiles, all of those things adds a level of depth to the FPS gameplay that I think makes it easier to play for long periods of time yep the problem with this game from a moment to moment perspective is that once you've gone down one corridor filled with enemies or once you've done it a few times you've kind of seen what the game has to offer and it doesn't really matter if the building is themed as a prison or a secret base or whatever the essential gameplay is still the same so while it was enjoyable in the first couple of hours then it was no longer enjoyable because I'd seen everything that the game had to offer. Yeah, I tend to agree with you here. And I actually think that I would enjoy this game as a whole more if I had played one level a week for like a year rather than tried to play a bunch of it in one go for the sake of reviewing it, you know, in two weeks. Um, Mm. So... I think that there is fun to be had here. Um, I don't think this is a game you could get fully invested in. Like, I couldn't... Like, you know, Doom is a game with enough depth that it has still today a huge modding scene for custom levels. That I don't think... You know, I'd really care to dive into GoldenEye mods all that much. Um, it, it has a, it has a real. So I think you're right, but I think that you can go extreme uh, because the speedrunning scene for GoldenEye is actually sick. Like that. That well, I I think the thing that makes this a fun game as a speedrunning game is like the speed of your movement and yeah. the optimizations you can do with it. A lot of the speedrunners use, you know, when you get shot, you kind of get knocked back. Oh, they use that. <laughs> yeah, so they'll be running and using damage boosts to actually go go even oh, faster. Cool. There's there's a lot of clever things you can do with like throwing grenades to you know blow a thing up on the opposite side of the map to complete an objective early, and the levels are all short enough. Like they'll take a minute or two to blast through. That they mm. that optimizing that routing is is really interesting, but. In between those extremes, playing once a week and kind of like, you know, enjoying the five minutes of fun or speed running it and doing the levels hundreds and hundreds of times over and optimizing, which is where James and I fall, I think it ends up being too repetitive. Yeah, I, and I, I tend to agree with that. Like, I think um, I'd like to play another game that had really short, puzzly FPS levels 
that were about you know figuring out what to do and then doing them i guess like i you liked... might like devil's devil's daggers have you heard of that game no i haven't yeah it's a it's like a survival fps where the runs last five minutes on average okay maybe, 10 maybe minutes i would if you're like really that good. Yeah. yeah, and and that's the whole game, and you have to be strategic in what enemies you take out, and it gets harder and harder with every passing second. So, yep. yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, for Goldeneye, I guess overall, like the moment-to-moment gameplay is fun, and I honestly, I think this could have been a really forever great game if the enemy variety and weapon variety was up to scratch. Um, that's really. You know, even without the objectives being good, if it had those things, like, uh, and I, you know, I could turn off the objectives and have a great time, um, but it is quite shallow, dumb fun, and that's really all there is here, to be honest, for most people, I think. Um, you know, visually, I think this game has aged pretty poorly. There's, like, a couple of scenes in the game which still look okay. I think on top of the dam in the first level looks fine and in the caves it looks okay but the problem is that golden eyes like as a movie has the characters go through lots of like secret evil people's bases basically which you know rooms inhabited by people necessitate a lot of ground clutter so many of the rooms in this game are just like a gray room with one table in it that it's just stupid looking you know the the hardware tip limitations do not sell any of these areas so it's it's ugly as sin i mean and we were playing at you know our full computer screen resolution i don't know if it went up to your ultra widescreen james but i was playing it 1920 by 1080 there's just no saving an n64 game aping realism um with the attention to detail on that snow level a lot of those buildings are just empty MT. buildings yeah. it's just it's just it's, a, so an, it's an enemy spawn point infinite enemy respawn point uh the one detail i liked it's just a very small thing but i was like that's kind of cool is when you're in the prison cell with uh natasha natalia right next to you there are bullet holes on the wall behind you and yeah. i was like all that's right that's cool. that's that's a, that's a neat little detail but mostly yeah it's just an ugly looking game and you can blow it up as much as you like it'll still be ugly worse than max Payne, that's for sure absolutely worse than max Payne. that game's visuals like are bad but they're bad in a way that elevates it this game <laughs> this game is not uh yeah, yeah um, and significantly worse than call of duty one i'd agree with that yeah and i hated the way that game looked i think this is worse. whereas i really liked it so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I've hit all my notes, Patrick. Okay, well, should me too, mostly. I, I think we've said most of what we need to say. Like, it is a relatively simple game. Do Should we have your music break and then we'll move on to final impressions? Yeah, why not? So I picked the music that played in the very first level of the game because I'm boring and I actually quite liked <laughs> it. So this is the music that plays in the dam.
Alrighty, it's time for the final verdict. Um, Patrick, take us away. Uh, I cannot recommend GoldenEye 007. I I do think that there is something here. It, it's not that this was a horrible experience from start to finish. Uh, I quite enjoyed a lot of the time, the moment-to-moment gameplay of running around strafing shooting guys. It's enjoyable on some level. But I think that it fails in terms of being a cinematic shooter, in terms of having an engaging and engrossing storyline. I think it fails as an objective-based gameplay shooter, um, not because the structure is inherently flawed, but because in execution it's also vague and miserable. The UI is a mess. I think that things like the turrets are just poorly designed, shooting you at the edge of your field of view. like They're often at the edge of the fog. And I think that the game just becomes too repetitive too quickly. There's not enough substance or depth here to make this a game that you really want to continue playing or replay unless you go down the speedrunning route and go very, very obsessive about it. Um, it's certainly not the worst game we've ever played, but it's not worth your time to play today. It's not worth taking a break from either linear shooters or more open-ended shooters it occupies a historical place for console shooters, but it's outside of that. I I wouldn't say it's worth downloading and giving a try, even even with the fantastic emulation software. This one is for a nostalgia trip only. Yeah, and I tend to agree with this. Now, it's not that I found Goldeneye unpleasant to play. In fact, most of the time I was playing this game. I would say I was enjoying myself, specifically when I was just, you know, zooming around and shooting, aiming for headshots. There is a lot of dumb fun to be had here. That said, you know, you have so many other games that you could be playing instead of this game that just, you know, kind of enjoyable for me doesn't pass the bar of being a game I would recommend people go out of their way to play. Um, can you play this game and have a good time? Absolutely. Um, I think that GoldenEye is still a game that can be fun to play, assuming that you are playing purely to zoom around and, you know, hip fire people in the head. But it is not such a fun experience that you should go out of your way to play it. So for me, this game gets like the absolute barest of passes, unless you're really interested in, probably don't go. But if you are, you know, for whatever reason, really want to play this game, I would not tell you not to play it. You know, it's it. there is fun to be had here. It's just not the best use of your time to to be perfectly honest so goldeneye it was fine it definitely doesn't live up to its reputation i think a lot of people love this game um out of nostalgia and i can understand that if somebody told me they loved this game to bits like i get it um it's just not you know one that i'd expect people these days to love unless they'd played it previously Yeah, I I think the thing that really stands out for me is that compared to the PC FPS games that were being released at the same time, um, Quake, Blood, Duke Nukem 3D, this is pathetic. Like, in terms of, like, those games are excellent and, and still enjoyable to play to this day. They're not flawless by any means, but they are excellent FPS games to this day. This is not even close. And I think that it wasn't until maybe 
Medal of Honor Allied Assault, maybe even Call of Duty 1, that this kind of genre of hit-scan, semi-realistic shooters really kind of got to a space where you can start calling them good games. It's interesting because I feel like those older games could have ran on the N64 um, with alterations. Uh, there, Doom there 64 is a, There's a version of Quake, exists, right? I swear on one of yeah doom 64 i guess is its own unique thing so yeah. yeah i mean doom doom definitely could have run on them but yeah doom, doom is a much better game than this game absolutely yeah um although i would you know i actually think i enjoyed playing this game more than i enjoyed playing doom 2 um funnily doom enough doom 2 is a mess <laughs> i mean as, as we said with doom 2 like doom 2 is like i don't know 30 percent great levels 30% awful levels and a bunch of mediocre ones. So I I can see playing this being more enjoyable than like fucking barrels of fun <laughs> or those ones where you're on those tiny, yeah. tiny, stupid <laughs> platforms, like just awful design choices. Like GoldenEye never gets that bad in it, in its design. Yeah, Doom 2 definitely has way higher highs than this game, though, for sure. Um, Man, it makes me want to do Plutonia Experiment. I wonder if you're ready for that, James. That shit maybe, is hard. Like, maybe one day. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, that, that about sums it up. Thank you so much for listening to us give our verdict on GoldenEye 007. Uh, we are retrospectives. Each and every fortnight, we review these classic games to tell you if they're worth your time to play today. You can find all of our content on our website, which is rspodcast.net. It's got all of our episodes, a bunch of articles that James and I have written, um, and links to all of our social media, the most important of which is our Discord server. That's where most of our discussion and community involvement happens, where we get into arguments about old games and new, and we would love if you would join up. We'll put a link in the show notes so that you can join up and tell us what you thought of GoldenEye 007. So, James, I picked GoldenEye this time. So what are we doing next Fortnite? And I'm just hoping it's a short game because Elden Ring is finally releasing. Well, I actually wanted to play like a 15-hour game. So that's not super long, but it's probably a bit longer than you were hoping. Um, I, I just got to get cracking. I've got, I've got five <laughs> days to get it finished. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So we haven't done a community request in a while. And this one was asked a few times by user Vexus. Um, and I've been meaning to get to this one ever since we did Resident Evil, um, because we both loved that game. So this is another, um, like, horror game on the GameCube. We're going to be playing Eternal Darkness, um, and I've heard some really good things about this game. I've heard some weird things about this game, and based on everything that I've read, with a lot of the... I don't know how much Patrick knows, but there's some weird shit that happens near the end. Uh, I am actually looking forward to it. If it's anywhere near as fun as our last horror on the GameCube game, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll love it, right? I know, I know literally nothing about this game, so I'll be Ooh. going in completely blind. I know the title and that's it. Although, I mean, Resident Evil Remake, that's going to be a very high bar to clear because in a lot of ways, that's one of the best games we've done on this podcast yeah so uh i'm i'm looking forward to seeing if it can stand up but i'm i'm skeptical it will clear resident evil but there's a lot of room for it to be a good game and still and you know be worse than resident evil yeah this game has stuff like sanity meters and that kind of thing maybe something similar to like amnesia so we're going to be seeing something like that in a really early form you know looking forward to it uh and it'd be good to uh 
you know, get through this request backlog that we've, uh, you know, got piling up and we've been a bit slack on. So, is, is there a mouse and keyboard hack for it? Um, probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll cope. I'll cope with my controller. He'll deal with it. So, yeah, thanks for everyone for listening, and we'll see you next fortnight for Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem. We'll see you then. Thank you.